Hello everyone, welcome to the NK Active podcast. So today we are joined with Charlie and David and we're going to be having a chat about sort of trying to keep motivated during the rehab and the injury process and when you that journey you go on from injury and getting back to sports and activity because sometimes things don't always go the way that they should do things don't go to plan we, we always say in clinic that the road sort of back to sport and activity is never a smooth one it's always a little bumpy and we're here to help sort of keep making sure you push on forward and sometimes people can sort of lose focus and lose motivation during that process and it's our job to make sure that if that does happen getting people back on track so we can definitely achieve those goals so if we now sort of start speaking about how do we identify patients um, motivation so if I was on those answer David's thinking all right what do we do to try and sort of identify those, those cues or something that come out when people aren't quite motivated well, it's interesting because we like exercise we believe exercise is a good thing but not all people believe that so it's a difference between maybe a someone involved in sport and somebody who's just looking for general health what is their motivation at the moment is it to keep themselves safe to stop their pain getting worse to stop themselves looking silly whereas we give somebody an exercise particularly in a rehab program and they don't want to do it where do we go from there and if we come at it from the side of the patient and put ourselves in their shoes that they may have seen two or three different clinicians they've been through a process before that hasn't worked we are somebody on their journey why should they do what we say why shouldn't they be motivated to keep themselves safe and reduce their pain in the way that's actually worked for them yeah and then charlie speaking about we one of the downsides of modern age and social media and the internet is really that there's a lot of information out there but should we say not all the information is up to date or correct so and you may find some patients they come in with set beliefs um, which we know may be outdated or, or not true so how do, what do we then have to try and do to because obviously that can affect someone's motivation to keep pushing forward because for example let's use a common one um, that is still bounced around to them hopefully people are getting over it is I mustn't run or continue to run because I'm going to get osteoarthritis in my knees if I run now us three as working in the medical world we know that's not true so then how what do we then have to do to try and then help people through that that part of their journey to keep them motivated i guess it's giving those people that opportunity to have space that space to think about what their beliefs are and their values and and to think about what they've read and to synthesize that i guess for me when they're in clinic it's me understanding where on that journey of knowledge are they are they at that really infancy stage where it's about i've looked up some stuff but i'm really confused or is it actually i've read a lot about things i'm living with this for a long time i've tried things and things haven't worked and then it's working with them i guess to really work out what is it that they want to to do but doing it in a really constructive way so asking um questions that allow them to problem solve allowing yep. them to think through that process for them and putting themselves into how they might problem solve their own situation compared to me just telling me telling them that they're not going to get that benefit and i think there's something quite rewarding with a patient who is um conflicted in some of the information that they've been reading when they are able to identify the problem themselves 
come up with a solution and then find the right support, whether that be us or others within different health providers to come together to get them better. That's something that's lasting. And yes. I think that's quite special. No, no, I agree. And what we often use the term, and it's a term that was used throughout my master's as well, is that before learning comes <laughs> unlearning. So often it's a case of we, we got to sit down and we're all big believers here, aren't we, of sitting down on those early stages. It's addressing those fears, addressing those beliefs early on. Um, because I sort of think if we don't address those early on, then we're not going to help get the outcomes that we want. And people will then, if you're not getting the outcomes, you then sort of then lose that motivation as you go through through that process. So are there any sort of other ways that we can use in clinics to help sort of identify potential blocks or um, things that patients, m that we may impact or have an effect on someone's motivation? Yeah, I think um, uh, Socrates was the one that said, never tell anybody anything and he just used to ask questions and Socratic questioning and just ask them how they know that why they think that's good and eventually they'll start to question some of the answers because they'll almost get themselves a little bit confused because they don't know all the answers when we have a almost a, a tendency to try and educate and tell somebody well if they have a, a block you know how do you know that running is bad what is the evidence and go to almost the facts. What are the facts that you know? And ask them what they know. Well, no, that's just what I've heard. And when they yeah. start to go, well, could you have heard something? Where did you hear that? How did they know? And a series of questions that take people further and further along the journey, and then they can start to question, question it themselves. Because it's, it's a held belief, right? Where did that belief come from? And if you just have a different point of view, that's what it is. Yeah. So questioning, ask, asking them, and it's a, a skill in the, in the questioning. Yeah. And then I think you touched on something, Charlie, earlier about talking about people having fears of not being able to do something. Mm -hmm. So what sort of can we, we do using clinic to try and help sort of address that, as it were? So I guess we ask those questions about, right, what's the goal setting? What's the end goal? We're very privileged that we get to spend some time with these patients to get to understand yes. them as people. Um, we get to understand what their goals are and, and what they wish to achieve. And that will vary from some people who want to compete at the Olympic level all the way down to those that just want to go um, be able to walk to grab the paper and kind of come back fairly independently. Um, and I think it's them, and I guess, working with them to come up with a plan a plan that they're happy with, a plan that they've agreed, but also putting in points where we're able to then monitor their progress. And for different people, that will work in different ways. So for those that are very data-driven, so love numbers, we tend to use things like our strength data. So mm -hmm. having those befores and afters can be really motivational to helping people. For others that are a bit more, I would say, kind of word-based, we then start to use things about what was it that you felt like and how do you feel now? Yeah. It may be that we then take those that are a bit more driven by functional, functional things. So what is it that I could do then that I couldn't do there? And then starting to work out how that process works, I guess. Um, and it'll be different. And everyone's skill level and ability and baseline will be different as well. So we have to take that into consideration. And I think the, the strengths testing stuff is something we get a lot of feedback in. Having that before and after data, I think really helped motivate the patients to know that actually what I'm doing is working what I'm doing is doing some good on my pain is 
producing on getting back to doing more activities on getting stronger in the process and then we then sort of find that then because we then follow our patients up six 12 and 18 months down the line that we know from our data that people aren't getting flare-ups on their injuries as a whole Mm -hmm. we know that they are continuing to play all their sports and activities that they want to do whether that be completing an ultra marathon or whether that be just walking to the shops with the family at the weekend we know they're still doing that we know people are then going out to do more so they're obviously still motivated to keep investing in their own in their own health as it were and david how how important with regards to keeping someone motivated do we think because the way we do our rehab is quite a structured approach to it it's there is some flexibility but before someone commits to doing it they know this is the structure this is what we expect of you this is what to expect from us how important do you feel is having that structure is to help keep someone motivated throughout the process i think the structure and being open right at the beginning is really important because a lot of people will know (coughs) what they want to achieve so the outcome goal but the process goal along the way it's often a little bit more difficult so for example someone wants to get back to running that's the outcome the process is well we need to improve the range of movement or we need to get build some strength so there's a process that sets goal markers along the way and i think when there's a structured process it's also important to be to be mindful right from the beginning and have the discussion that things don't go according to plan that there will be some changes along the way and when they happen they're actually part of the plan because things do change and move along as we're moving through the rehab process. So to expect every every stage to be perfect is unrealistic. So to build that in from the beginning, that there's going to be some challenges along the way, is absolutely vital. Yeah, no, I agree. And one thing I always say to my patients is everyone will have some sort of setback or flare-up during a process. And... I always say to all my patients that I like that that when that happens because you're constantly learning. So they may go away and you've told them to, and they get back to running and you're okay to do a five mile run and they've pushed it and done a six, seven mile run and it's aggravated things slightly. But it's not, I still think that's good because it's them learning what's the limits of where yeah. they are. And I think as always, I don't want to call it a mistake, but the saying always goes, you learn a lot more from your mistakes than you do your successes so it's constantly the patient is that person is learning about what their limits are and constantly pushing that and i think that's what again i think helps with that motivation because you then can then reflect back on it and say oh okay last month i was running two miles actually now i'm running five my pain may be the same but i can do three more miles before i get any same symptoms so i'm actually doing a lot more as it were so now charlie touching on keeping motivated sort of after discharge as it were i've already mentioned that we've got our questionnaires and our and our follow-ups but what do you think we can do to try and help keep people doing because the way we like to like we say that we don't fix anyone the body will do it itself and we're very much on educating people to learn to take control of their own health and manage their own and we just want to help educate them so they can go and do that because we don't want to have someone having to keep coming back to see us every six eight weeks we want to get to the point where they don't need to use us at all so 
And obviously it's one thing being motivated whilst you've got some sort of pain or limit to do any sort of activity. But then once you're back to doing everything you want, surely it could be quite easy to say, well, actually, I don't need to do this anymore because I'm back to where I am. And you can lose motivation with doing that, the treatment and the rehab. So what do we use to try and help maintain that motivation going forward? Yeah, we have got kind of a few strategies. So hopefully by the time that our patients have been with us, they've kind of got a rapport with us. And I think there's that authenticity about us is that we actually, A, we do care. Uh, B, we want them to do well and we want to succeed. But also we want to generally know how they're getting on with in the future. What, what are they doing that they weren't doing before? And so through that, we have what we call kind of like our touch points. So we will send emails out um, at regular intervals just to check in, just to ask how people are doing and how well they're getting on. I'd also like it that it's that open communication so that things don't go right. I am here to support you. Um, we take good note keeping. I can find you and remember you. We spend a lot of time with you. So I'd hope that there is that rapport to be able to come back if things aren't quite right. Um, we do have kind of our blogs and our newsletters. So that's another way of creating a community, I guess, a community of people that are going through similar things um, and also a way for them to kind of support and realise what things are normal and that maybe other people are having similar issues or have tried different things. So it's not necessarily dependent on us, but they can start to then empower them to start to self-care and manage. Um, and for some people, it is just providing them that little bit of confidence that here you go, here's a starting block and off you go. People like to receive care and fitness in different ways. So for some patients, it might be that their, their knowledge is enough for them to go and plan it for themselves. Um, for others, it might be using groups or um, gyms as a way of connecting with mm -hmm. people and places to be able to do things. Sometimes people prefer one-to-one. -one. I'm someone who likes the onerous of having someone yelling at me because I know I'm going to get it done. Um, and so I think being able to provide services and show patients other services that are available are really key to keeping them on their track to progress. I think it's also important to know that not everyone will want to go and complete to the end. Some people will just do what they need to do and that's enough and that's okay. And it's being mindful that you're not going to create everyone to be Olympic champions, that some people walking to the shop or just being able to pick up a heavy weight is enough. Well, you hit the nail on the head. There's no point taking someone to a point where they're ready to become an Olympic champion if their goal is just to be able to go for a five-mile Sunday walk. It's sort of just not relevant to them. And then talking about maintenance programs and and whatnot, how can we sort of use maintenance programs, David, to try and keep that motivation high after after we finished? I think it comes back to the goals that they're after and what they want. Sometimes exercise is the horrible tasting medicine for some people that gets them to doing the things that they want and if the walking to the shops or going for a walk on a Sunday is their conditioning and their exercise that could be the most the, the program itself for other people there's a specific exercise program some people exercise for its own sake so it's very individually based on them and their and it's identifying that right back from the initial consultation and as you get to know them through the treatment what they need and what's going to work for them yeah no i um yeah completely completely agree and i think it's also letting them know that flare-ups are normal like these things it happens but then it's sort of just sort of go back to your training as it were it sounds like a jedi knight doesn't it sort of like <laughs> a, like you know you have a flare-up 
So then just go back to that same structure we went through. And because we send the patients each every time they get their updated rehab program, they can go back to that and basically take themselves through that journey again. We know that they can do it because they have done it. They're empowered to go and do it. They don't need us I to do it. Their, their recognition of what got them there before, once they've had a rest and settled down, that can get them there again. They don't need a new exercise program or something different. The one that they've got has worked. And if you're trying to prove something in a court of law, it worked once. What's the evidence that we've got that it works? So going back to that and taking themselves to that level again, yeah, it's when it, it keeps breaking down, it's, it's a different story. Yeah. But, um, no. And we do find some patients that still, they'll go through the journey with us, but as Charlie's alluded to, they, they like having that, that accountability of, we don't shout at people, but it's knowing that they're going to come for an appointment. So we get some patients that we say, look, you are fine, you can carry on, but they still want to come back once every sort of few yeah. few months, as it were, just as a... And I think some people like that because then that helps keep them motivated because they then know, right, I've got to do this because I'm seeing David or, so, or in X amount of time to go make sure and do more exercise. And his expectation is we're going to progress it further if I want to, and then we can always look at repeating strength tests. And I think it's realizing that what motivates people is different in every single person. And I think what we try and do here is try and get to know everyone that we see so then we know what method we have to use to help keep that person motivated throughout the whole journey. I think generalizing, isn't it? I think if we generalize too much, then we lose the ability to be specific yes. and sensitive to that issue or that need. So I think my warning to you, <laughs> I guess, would be make sure that you're really putting the patient at the heart of, of the issue and then working outwards from that. Yeah, I completely agree. So we obviously prepare patients and are keen on educating them throughout the time they spend with us how do we think that education then preps them for their recovery process david i think it's it's meeting them where they are what do they already know what parts do they need a bit more help in um, what beliefs do they have what do they know that maybe isn't helpful and where has that come from so as we were saying before we know now that running isn't bad for the knees. Cartilage can grow when it's loaded. And it's it's showing that it's not just personal opinion, linking back to the evidence and the science that, well, it's not just me that believes that. Here are the scientific studies. That can be quite powerful for some people. Mm. Other people would rather have a, an opinion and that's enough. But for others, linking to the science is a very strong motivator. Yeah. Anything you add, Charlie? No, I think it is, yeah, I think it's, and it's a giving that space for people to learn, to maybe not get things right, but also to have a plan of what to do when things don't go quite well, and that that's expected, and that it's not a surprise, um, but that they're not left, I think that's the other bit, is that people will have a negative experience if they're suddenly left and there is no help, but to have someone there that maybe holds a hand or listens or provides little cues just to help that person problem solve um, can do quite a bit to keep people ticking on to the next thing that they want to do. Yeah, and I think my thing I would add is an education. A lot of people want that quick fix, mm. as it were, and sort of using that education process. They unfortunately, the majority of time when it comes to them, sort of musculoskeletal injuries as it were 
unfortunately a quick fix doesn't really exist it may sort of put a, a band-aid on the problem but it doesn't get to the root cause of why and it's something we see a lot of the time with people coming in who have repeated injuries over time you say well, actually i've got a, a, a calf issue and then you say well actually yeah and when i think about it i had the same calf issue six months ago and then a year and then a year and a half down the line and they just patched their way through but it's that using the education process see okay let's see if we can try and resolve this and educate you how you can then resolve it so it's not coming back so you haven't got to keep going see someone every six months because your calf's hurting it's very much so like the red light the warning light comes on in the car so you solve the problem by taking the bulb out <laughs> <laughs> i love that i've never heard that before <laughs> oh yeah that would make life so much easier if that uh, that, that is very funny. But I well, think that's what we do, isn't it? I think sometimes it is that unpicking of all of that to go, okay, that process doesn't work. So let's try a new process and let's be a bit braver and have a go at that process. Um, and like you say, I do like that analogy. It does make me giggle, but it is true that you do do that. <laughs> yeah. Righty ho. Have you two got anything else that you want to add? I would say motivation, help with motivation, set expectations. Yeah. I don't be clear expectation management is just mm-hmm. key from uh, from my experience when things haven't gone to plan it's because i just haven't managed those expectations correctly and when i then reflect on the process i realize actually i should have nipped that in the bud yeah. much earlier on and that's not the patient's fault that's i'll take ownership that's my fault i, I need to sort of say actually i don't i could have been better mm-hmm. um I think if you've got a plan, don't be afraid to change the plan and develop it as you're going along. As you learn more information about them, about the condition, be prepared for the plan to develop. And I think also with plans, be prepared for goals to change yep. as well. Because we see it all the time. You come in and say, what's your goal? I want to be able to get back running 10K. They get back to running 10K and they come and say, Oh, do you know what? I signed up for a half marathon now. <laughs> or maybe a marathon. Maybe. Yeah, and, and that's it because you, it's just human nature. Is you achieve one thing, you, you ask yourself a question. Well, actually, I've done that. I'm there. What's what's yeah. next? And you keep. And I, I just love that mentality of okay, what's next? Just keep pushing yourself forward. So don't be scared if plans change, if goals change. And I'm sort of hoping that during the pandemic as well. I think we're all now pretty used to plans changing <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah. But COVID wasn't in any of my plans. Um, <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think we're all comfortable with that. So I think that's a nice way to, to end, really. I just want to say thank you both for coming on, having a chat. If you get to, if you've got any comments or questions, just pop them in the comment section below. Don't forget to um, subscribe rather to the podcast. And we shall see you all on the next episode. See you later. Bye.